Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Robcast. Rob here. And Kristen. Now, let's just stop right there. Uh, our niece named Zinny, shout out to Zinny, when she was little, couldn't say Kristen, could only say Kitty. So when you would come around, she would call you Kitty, right. which stuck. And obviously, my full name is Robert. So when we would show up at their house, her father, our brother-in-law, Jeff, would say, Bob and Kitty. So, Which was great every time because we're great. so not Bob and Kitty. <laughs> we're so not Bob like, and Kitty. You can kind of picture who Bob and Kitty are in your mind. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was funny every time. So anyway, we thought about renaming this. The Bob it, and Kitty cast. Because everybody just likes it better when you're around, Kristen. So the Rob cast only, you know. So, but Bob and Kitty, the... The Bob and Kitty cast. And then some other folks called us Bobcat. That came and went a little bit. Right. But the Bobcat cast... Is you know a little I mean? bit of a mouthful. That's just brutal. So anyway, it's Rob and Kristen here. We have been in our house for more, I don't know, 12 days now of... Social distancing, self-quarantine, isolation, and um, so we are sending you... Weirdness. I'm just going to call it 12 days of weirdness. 12 days of weirdness. Um, so we are sending you love. I know for many people, this is business as usual. Work goes on like it always did. Sometimes it's work from home. For other people, this is, especially like in healthcare, and obviously, Shout out and love to all of you in hospitals right now doing what you do. Um, this is the, the level of intensity is through the roof for others. Right. Or, or all the people who just make everything run. Yes. Like you were commenting on the trash still gets picked up every trash week. Trash guy came again. Um, you, you kind of get new eyes for yes. all yes. the people who make everything run. When everything shuts down, you become aware of what doesn't. Right. New levels of what, gratitude. Yeah. For the unseen systems and workers who right. make our life operate. Right. Who run the world. Yeah. Actually who run make, the world. And then there are all those who, man, life shut down. You're in your apartment and your home with your family in tight quarters. Trying to figure out how to get along. And, and there's no school and, and you're trying to work remotely, but... Maybe just work simply is gone for now. So then there's all the stresses that come with that about food and rent and mortgage and all that. So all that to say, we're with you. We're in disruptive times. We're with you. And um, that the entire spectrum of the human experience and this, this weird thing where in one moment you can be surprised by some new thing that's happening with you and the family hunkered down. And the next moment you're like, dear God, how long is this going to last? And then the next moment you check the news and you see a rising death toll. Then the next moment you are faced again with the horrific incompetency of the president. And then in the next moment you're connecting with a friend because everybody's in this together. And it's all like sitting right up next to each other. Right. So, and you're noticing the things that you've used to take for granted you're not taking for granted anymore and so you're feeling things at new depths yeah like for me yeah. for me putting violet to bed at night like i just my heart feels so big mm. because i'm it's just like everything has slowed down and so the things that are meaningful to me have become even more meaningful 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, all that, all the knobs got turned up. So we're with you in that. And this, even, even this giant unknown, we, we all together, like humanity, because one of the boys was saying, everybody's in on this. What other human thing has everybody been in on? Right. We're all connected. We're all connected. Has never been more clear. And we don't, we all together don't know. I mean, the modern world has been about mastery, which is fantastic in many, many ways. And obviously those working right now on some sort of medicine for this virus, the, the mastery of this virus is inc- like we're all dependent depending on, it. on that. Nevertheless, we're all headed into an experience that we don't know how long, how intense. Right. Um, there's like a there's like a giant unknown that the we just together are going to walk into side by side. That is a a rather new. That's a phenomenon that's always existed, but has been brought right front and center. Now, uh, we were out walking the other day and came across just a couple blocks from our house. Somebody had stapled. I have a picture of it here on my phone. Somebody had stapled that piece of paper to the tree. And so uh, you and I go up to it because we're like, I wonder what's on that piece of paper. And um, this is what it, at the top it says, those in need, elderly or sick. And then below that is somebody's email. And then it says, if you would like help, please reach out to me through this email. If you know someone who needs help, please reach out. I am offering at no charge or fee to help any elderly person or person in need to the best of my abilities. And then below it is bullet points. If I can shop for you, I will, dot, dot, dot. If I can get you prescriptions for you, I will. If you need a dog walked, I will. Let me know what you need and I will try my best. And then down at the bottom they wrote, these are worrisome times and if you find yourself alone, please reach out and ask for help. I only speak English in very limited Spanish. And then they put their email again at the bottom of the paper that they stapled to a tree in in their neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah, just like what, five blocks from here. You and I just stood there on the sidewalk reading that. What a beautiful response. We got a picture of it. It was like an altar in the world. It was like a, it was like this person had like nailed their heart to a tree. Like, you know what I mean? That had this really profound effect on us. Yes, it did. And then uh, second thing, I got, I, have, I got to read off my phone here. Um, last week in the New York Times, a woman named Cornelia Griggs, uh, a pediatric surgery fellow. So at the end of the article, she wrote this brief essay, but at the end um, it describes her. Cornelia Griggs is a mother, writer, and pediatric surgery fellow in New York. This is the last paragraph of the piece that Cornelia Griggs wrote. She, she finishes her essay, her piece by saying, please flatten the curve and stay at home, but please do not go into couch mode. Like everyone, I have moments where imagining the worst possible COVID-19 scenario steals my breath, but cowering in the dark places of our minds doesn't help. Rather than private panic, We need public-spirited action. Those of us walking into the rooms of COVID-19 positive patients every day need you and your minds, 
your networks, your creative solutions, and your voices to be fighting for us. We might be the exhausted, masked face trying to resuscitate you when you show up on the doorstep of our hospital. And when you do, I promise not to panic. I'll use every ounce of my expertise to keep you alive. Please do the same for us. Wow, that's beautiful. Is that... See... That's so well said. Because these times require whole new ways of thinking. Yeah. Like we don't know the solutions yet. Yeah. And so we're all part of the solution. Just yeah. like we're all connected in this pandemic, we're all part of the solution. Yeah. Do you love that line? But cowering in the dark places of our minds doesn't help. Rather than private panic, we need public spirited action. Right. <sighs> We need, and then she, this is the, per, the, the hero on the front lines saying to all of us, she says, we need you and your minds, your networks, your creative solutions, and your voice, voices to be fighting for us. Right. But what it takes first is, ha- is knowing what to do with your crazy mind, knowing what to do with your overactive, anxious panicked mind because all of those reactions are understandable but that's not where solutions come from Mm -hmm. that's not where inspiration comes Mm -hmm. from so we last episode talked about grounding right that feels like a segue and uh somewhere in that episode we like you know there's so much more here to explore so uh we have a couple thoughts about grounding and what it means to be grounded in times like these, because grounding obviously includes the full spectrum of the human experience. Grounding doesn't mean that there isn't sadness, loss, um, anger, hope, joy, surprise, transcendent. Right. Uh, Being honest of, about having bad days. Yeah, 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 yeah. The gra- grounded, but grounded is a, is uh, all of us. Like, how do you stay grounded in times like this? So, um, Kristen has her notebook out, which is always a good thing for the world. Are you with me, peoples, on this? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. It's always a good thing when Kristen has done some scratching in her notebook. So um, l- let's start with what you, whatever you have written there. Great. Great. Well, I, um, I feel like last time we talked more about the mystical side of grounding, and this other point feels much more practical to me, although they all intersect and intertwine. That is you, by the way. That is you. You are the practical mystic. Right. And that's I, your, I, I that's actually how you're don't wired. know how you separate those two. It's kind of, for me, it's don't. kind of like yin and yang. Um, yeah, you don't. I can't live without either one. Right. I can't live without the mystical and I can't live without the practical. Like, what does this mean for me every yeah. day when I wake up? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, you don't even know how to separate them, which is the gift you are to us. Um, right. Is, would, would you say that? Oh, no. <laughs> what? Well, I was saying in our, in our relationship, mm-hmm. I know that you have said that I bring you grounding. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that not, <laughs> that's so straightforward. Right. Right. <laughs> what is there even to add to that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but a lot of people who, but here, here's why I think it's interesting to point out. 
a lot of people who are very practical, they would call themselves realists. Mm-hmm. They're very responsible with money. They don't like to be late. They can't, oh, the thought of inconveniencing people just drives them mental. They say things like, don't, don't those people realize that they're not playing by the rules, et cetera, et cetera? That person is rarely also uh, fine with massive risk, has tremendous imagination for things that don't exist yet. Um, that's why you're this, you're this fascinating hybrid creature <laughs> of inspiration because you've also, um, like, for decades now, I've watched you be like a step ahead, like, let's go. Which way do you need to go? That way? Okay, let's go. Who knows what'll happen? Yeah, you're right. It, it could blow up in our face. Yeah, we could lose a bunch of money. Yeah, people might not like it. And it's where the life is, so let's just go. And oftentimes the, the mystic, the one who's filled with a sense of adventure, the one who has this profound sense of awareness of the divine in all people, places, and things um, can often be in heaven but not earth. Um, uh-huh. So it's like they're thinking all sorts of lofty thoughts, but there's uh, some trash that needs to be taken out. Right, right. And I would say I'm probably predominantly feet on the ground earthy, but I also can't survive without the mystical. Like it's just become such a part of my daily experience. It's to me what gives life the juice, the like, the spark. So true. Okay, so talk. All right. So, so, um, so the practical side. Before of I interrupted grounding, you, what were you saying there? <laughs> and I call this practical part um, having your feet on the ground, and. What I mean by that is our daily habits, routines, um, the things that we do every day, like the the things that, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I have a very overactive mind. Um, I would imagine that most people do in this day and age. Um, I think it's, it's, what our culture has created, um, both with technology and the things we value, like achievement, um, how we look at time, how we look at um, relationships, like our culture has created um, people who really rely on their minds and rely on their minds working very quickly. Oh, you even think about advertising. You either read that thing that just popped up or that billboard or you have to not read it which also requires a certain cognitive energy like don't read that read the article you're still reading you know right. what I mean well, even I when you read like something online and all these advertisements are popping up you're either giving your mind to the advertisement or you're giving your mind to not giving your mind to the advertisement but all of it is chatter yeah we often filter everything through a lens of productivity or achievement or what is this, uh, where is this going? I, and that's what we talked about last time a lot is the difference between being, mm-hmm. going on to the top of the mountain and just being without any thought of something else. Um, and that's what calms the mind. The other practical thing that we're discussing today that calms the mind are our routines. And sometimes... Um, routines can be somewhat mindless, which is helpful. Like, like for example, 
when I'm feeling ungrounded, I usually think about like how, how to take care of my daughter or sometimes even cleaning up the kitchen can be very grounding for me because it's, it doesn't require an overactive mind. It actually is very simple. It like slows me down. It gives me a task that has a, a beginning and an end. Um, and I think during this time, routines, um, depending on where you are in this thing, like some people, their routines haven't changed. They, they get up and go to work. And, but for other people, it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, and, and having that thing that you do every day can be very grounding and calming to your mind. Um, especially people who are working at home for the first time and are like, dear God, how does this work? Like, where do the sweat, do I, the sweatpants all day? You know what I mean? <laughs> or the kids are around too. So it's like now suddenly worlds that were separate are suddenly all stacked on top of each other. The kids, food, work, those things generally happen in all of these different spaces. Workout, because the gym is closed. Right. Um, phone calls to try and manage things that need to be like all that used to happen in a bunch of different spaces and for uh, literally millions of people right now all of a sudden all of this has been collapsed right. so and compressed into the same few so square for people feet. who are indoors Ooh. now 24 yeah. 7 in their homes um it's i think it's essential that we create new patterns routines it's one of the things that um does create a sense of calmness. Yeah. Um, even as far as like, I mean, instituting like some traditions, like do we do family movie night every Friday night? Do we do like a workout three times a week? Like, you know what I mean? Or even um, I noticed yesterday my yoga instructor is offering a yoga class every day at two, uh, a free yoga class on Instagram through hyper slow if you're interested in checking it out. Um, but like something like that can, can provide a grounding Some structure. Yeah. Um, structure to your day. Like even if I just do it three times a week, um, I need that. I, yeah. I need to have not overstructured obviously. Um, cause that doesn't leave room for the magic, but, um, the routines are helpful. Okay, can I tell you? Can I tell you um, two things about routines? Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I went to the grocery store, so mm-hmm. what was that like? Ten days ago or something? Trace um, and I, you know those kind bars that I like. Yeah. I bought a like a whole box. Uh huh. And um, you know, I, I walk the dog every morning, but there's this thing about not knowing how long this quarantine is going to go on. Mm-hmm. That like makes me. I start to like get rattled a little. Yeah. And all I got to do is today. Right. Literally one day at a time. And especially because so much of my work suddenly got, events got canceled. It's like, uh, which took his own work just to cancel things. But um, I take one of those bars, power bars, and I go out and walk the dog and I eat the power bar and I talk about all I have is today. All we got to do is today. What's the work today? That's what you tell yourself? And it's the, I, I know I'm, I sound like, 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 duh. 
but it's just adding. No, it's actually it's this. It's like literally adding a power bar to a, a ritual that I do have done every day forevers, which is walking the dog. And then combining those two, it's like the alchemy. It's like the epiphenomenon. You combine those two with, I don't know how long life is going to be different than it used to be until it returns to something, which is probably not going to return to what it used to be. Who knows? Who knows? But like just today. Right. No, it's actually today. right now. It's the simplicity that it's, brings you back. It's unbelievably, unbelievable how much just those three elements... Um, Richard Saul Warman, sort of the godfather of our information architecture, would talk about how the collection of old information, collecting together old information, actually creates new information. So those old pieces that you've heard before, you duct tape them together, and you now have something new. Um, but this, it, and, and things that you have done before, but you're now doing them with this particular spirit, or at that time, or are transformative. Um, and like, even the okay today, what's uh, what's going on today? You know what mine has been my mantra that I return to every every morning is having an empty mind, a beginner's mind, and having no expectation. So I have my routines in place, but I also, for me, I have to approach each day with no expectation, and then it leaves room for surprise. What would be an expectation that you would normally have of a day? By the way, it sounds so unbelievably simple and yet profound. You know what I mean? It has this like, like, uh, well, I'll admit taking to it you, all apart, like down to its very pieces. Yesterday, I found myself um, irritable. I was irritable, and I had to stop and ask myself, "What is this about?" Like, I mean, there could be a lot of things this is about yeah. because life has severely changed and yeah. we're having yeah. to adjust to whole new ways of living and being. Um, but I realized that my irritation was because I wanted to get something done that I, that I couldn't get done. There, I had like a, um, I had, it's not really important what it is, but I had like this desire, this uh, goal yeah. that I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And so then everything that was preventing me from accomplishing it, I was irritated at. And that to me is the difference between um, the like being in the flow. I wasn't in the flow of life. I was like trying to push against what was. Uh, um, yeah. And so my expectation of what I wanted to accomplish was actually what was robbing me of being in the moment and appreciating what is. Yeah, because yeah. there's a there's a world of things that we all had going, plans we all had, ways that we live and move and breathe in the world that aren't happening like they did. It, this is what is. This is the new normal. And surrendering to that, finding the flow in that, moving from the disempowered to the empowered. Right. And I think... <sighs> that's an art form. I mean, for me, uh, that mantra is helpful because I am very goal-oriented. Like, yeah. 
it was funny to me when I read that when you get something done on your list, your brain actually gets a hit of dopamine. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because the, I'm like kind of addicted you to getting things done. Hits. That is totally you. <laughs> I love those dopamine hits. <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, uh, like sometimes I even create, now that I know that, sometimes I even create my own dopamine hits. Yes. You are your own dealer. Like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Supplier. Like, to go back to the, the kitchen, like, oh, look, I just got the kitchen cleaned up. I yeah. get a little dopamine hit. Like, you can, <laughs> you, can, you can do this for yourself. But I also realized... You can try, you can try this at home. You I, can. I also realized <laughs> how... Um, how that way of being had like seeped in at such a deep level that um, when I can't get the thing done that I wanted to get done, Mm -hmm. it then creates all this negative emotion. So, so for me, um, the practice of having a beginner's mind Mm -hmm. and uh, letting go of all expectation of getting things done or what this day is going to look like or what my family's going to look like in three months or what anything's going to look like in three months. Like I have, in order to be in the flow and in the moment for me to calm this active mind, I have to let go of the expectation. That's good. That's good. Which doesn't mean that you can't be honest about what you want, but it's, it's the differences in how you hold it. Mm -hmm. Like having desires, that's what makes us human. Like that's what moves us forward. That's what, that's how we move through life, but it's how tightly we hold those. Um, because if you're holding it loosely, then you're open to shifts. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I I like that word flow. Yeah. Um, it's allowing yourself to just step back, maybe even a little tiny half step, and see what life is doing and how I can join it instead of trying to control how life is going to go. Mm. So. That's well said. It's a it's a daily practice for me. It's interesting you talk about like practices and rituals because I mean, for thousands of years in all the great spiritual traditions, the rituals were how you accessed the divine, uh, the big truths. So the, the concretization of the ideal, you, you, you want to experience love, uh, then feed someone you, you want to, ex- you want justice and peace for the world, then do this. You know what I mean? Enact this ritual with these people so that there is a space where there is justice. Um, you want the people to be more generous? Then give this at these dates to these people. Um, so it was always the big, wide, all the stuff that everybody says they want to be a part of. It was always, okay, then, then what's the ritual? You start with something concrete that takes the ideal and puts it in flesh and blood. Um, and like right now, we have things we all want, like sanity. Uh, you know what I mean? We calm, right? Um, peace, uh, presence, especially like there's a global pandemic that's exploding the numbers. Like it's 
spreading so fast they can't keep up with it. That immediately, just that sentence creates a low level of dread. So what do you want in response to that? Oh, I'd like some peace or some calm. Okay, so how do you enact that with your hands and feet in space and time? That's how, that's how you counter something that massive. <sighs> Rituals. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, and you have a book right there. Yeah. What, was Are this, we there? Yeah, we could be. Are you ready? I, I mean, I kind of already mentioned the other thing that I had in this notebook, which is um, the concept of beginner's mind mm -hmm. um, has been really helpful to me. And I had something I wanted to read from this book called Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. By Shunru Suzuki. Yeah. That's a fabulous book, by the way. Um, so this is, uh, th these are two short passages from the prologue about beginner's mind. And I would love to just hear your thoughts on it, because I have not read this to you before. I've read it, and I'm, uh, but I don't remember what. Oh, but this is, yeah, this is the kind of thing that you can read over and over and over again. I know this book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Shunru Suzuki. Because uh, whenever you and I mention a book, I've noticed people are like, what was that again? So Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, third mention, Shunru <laughs> Suzuki. Informal talks on Zen meditation and practice. Um, Suzuki really didn't write that many books. Basically, his followers just sort of remembered what he said and wrote, wrote it down, recorded some of it, apparently. So these are like talks that he gave that got right. shaped into a book later. But wow. I mean, you can read. Anyway, that's enough preface. Okay. Go for it. Okay. If your mind is empty... It is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. And then the second passage. When we have no thought of achievement, no thought of self, we are true beginners. Then we can really learn something. The beginner's mind is the mind of compassion. When our mind is compassionate, it is boundless. Okay, you got to read them both again. Okay, they're, one more they're time. Too good. If your mind is empty, it is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. When we have no thought of achievement, no thought of self, we are true beginners. Then we can really learn something. The beginner's mind is the mind of compassion. When our mind is compassionate, it is boundless. <sighs> to me, it feels like these times we're in are an invitation. They're an invitation to think differently than we used to think, to mm -hmm. operate in the world differently than we used to operate. I mean, we can't control what's happening but it is, it's changing us. And what we can control is what we choose to think about. I mean, which is, uh, relates back to what you read in the very beginning. Like she said, please don't go to the dark recesses of your mind and stay there. Mm -hmm. Like we need, we need each other. We need, we need inspiration. We need that um, sign on the tree. We need to be inspired 
by human courage and kindness and the ability to think beyond ourselves. Um, we need creativity. We need each other to give gifts. Like, this is the time. Like, if you feel like you have something to give, this is the time. Um, it just feels like everything's upside down. And there's this opportunity to let it, let it, let it take us back to that place of beginner's mind where there are endless possibilities. You think about, uh, like what he says about how the, the expert versus the beginner mm -hmm. and how the one limits and the other expands and how for many, the neural pathways about, let's say, uh, financial stress. For many people, it's like, oh, yeah, I know how financial stress works. Um, yeah, I, I know how to worry about money. Mm -hmm. The beginner's mind is, show me possibilities in a stressful situation regarding finances that I haven't seen before. Right. Help me, becomes a, like a prayer, a mantra. Help me think differently about provision. Help me move from scarcity to abundance in a time when scarcity is the dominant theme. You know what I mean? Right. Like beginner's mind takes you back to, I, like, I love that, that thing about the expert, all the ways in which we actually think we're experts on stuff. Um, I know how it works with young kids if we're trapped in the house. Or you think of the, the, the young parents right now who have young kids who are like, this is, we're all going to go insane. Beginner's mind would be, what possibilities are there for this day? Right. Beyond what I've experienced before. What, what new opportunities do we have because we're all together and nobody is going anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 um, right. Yeah, that actually reminded me when I was first coming to terms with what this was going to mean as far as... Um, being isolated and how long this is going to be and um, just being indoors for that long. Or, I mean, we can go outside, but just being in a space for such a long time. For me, my brain went back to when I was sick, when I was pregnant with Violet. And uh, for four months I had asthma and couldn't breathe. And I was, my doctor put me on what she called couch rest which is different than bed rest, I could get up, but she didn't want me leaving the house because um, my body wasn't, I wasn't getting enough oxygen through breathing, and so I had to go on oxygen full time. Um, so my, my physical activity was like literally from the bed to the chair, maybe to the kitchen if I was having a good day. Um, so when I first heard about what we were about to experience, my brain, because brains work in patterns and what's familiar, my brain tried to relate this experience to that experience. And it created a panic in me. Like, oh my word, I know what this is like. I've done this before. I've been isolated for four months and it was awful. Um, 
And we also tend to remember the worst. <laughs> trauma seeks trauma at the like level of the soul. Right. It's like looking for other, is there any other trauma that I can link up with here? And so I noticed that my mind wanted to connect that experience mm-hmm. with this experience. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel panicky and like I wasn't going to be able to do it until I could separate them. No, this isn't that. This is something new. Like I can approach this with a beginner's mind. I've never done this before. Um, Don't let that experience define what this one is going to be. Because I don't even know, I don't know what I'll feel like in a week. The only thing I know is what I feel like right now. Yeah. 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 And 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 facing something like this, I think we talked about a couple episodes ago, dread. Uh, this dread drags up all sorts of dread in the same way losing something drags up all sorts of loss that whenever you experience it on a larger level, it's like a magnet and it pulls out all the shards of whatever that is within you. So this possible trauma then pulls out of you memory of trauma. And it's like, no, mm-mm. We're not going to do that this time. Wow. Right. I also love what yeah. I've seen you talk about before, the the spirit that hovers over the dark waters. Yeah. Because to me that speaks of a beginner's mind or new possibilities or, yes. or the present not being defined by the past. Yes. Yes. That we we're like, see our, <laughs> we actually, funny to me to think of ourselves as experts. Like we, we become self-appointed experts in things. Well, I know how this works, which is the opposite of beginner's mind. Beginner's mind, no matter how much wisdom you've gained and accrued over the years, beginner's mind is, ooh, let's see how this works. Let's see what could arise that will surprise us all. Right. I really liked how um, you were offering some very practical examples for beginner's mind. Absolutely. I've been think- but, I, but I think, I mean, for me... I didn't start studying Beaner's mind till, I mean, it was probably 20, 15 years ago when um, the ways that I was thinking about things wasn't working anymore because I'd, I'd, I'd been quote unquote successful, but it hadn't um, brought me the joy it was supposed to. You know what I mean? Like I, like I tried some things and they went well from the outside. So I guess that then means that you would have this feeling of, oh, this is awesome. But it, but it didn't like I had the burnout and then another one. <laughs> and it was like, um, there's gotta be some other way to think about it. And when I began to understand wonder and awe or a beginner's mind, which is the goal here is a sort of innocence, um, that oh, look what we get to do. Right. Look what we get to try. So I think I think I I came to that through great pain, and anguish. I came to oh the 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 actually the art here is to stay young and beginner, and then if that gets fused with actual wisdom, like you've actually lived and learned things, now you're just now you're just dangerous. Now you're having a good time, right? <laughs> but um, that sense of I, I, I found my I found cynicism creeping in, which which is a form of death uh, because it ends up staying at a distance from life. So, 
Right. And cynicism is, is the belief that things are going, the future is going to be like the past. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's a, it's a giving up. It's like a, I, I'm powerless here. Right. Th things are going to be like they've always been. Mm -hmm. And um, I've just resigned to the fact that it, this is the way it is. Yep, yep. And when I would interact with the people that, that I admired the most, sometimes from a distance, and I would get to meet them, they were always people who had some level of beginner's mind, some level of they've been doing this forever, and yet they'd never done it. Like they were doing it for as if for the first time. And I came across this phrase, uh, it was a technical term in hermeneutics, but second naivete. And second naivete is when you're reading a text that you've read before, but you're reading it like you've never read it. But you have all of the accrued wisdom and study from previously reading it. So you have this great body of wisdom, but you're also reading it like you're reading it for the first time. In some senses, when you read that, and you and I both read Suzuki, that opening section before, mm -hmm. but then you read it just now with us recording this broadcast, and we're both hearing it again, like we never heard right. it. Right. Well, we're reading it in this present context. Yes, exactly. In this moment. Because you never step in the same river twice. Said somebody somewhere. Is <laughs> <laughs> that you? Or were you quoting someone? No, I think it's an old Zen saying, but uh, it's very true. And yeah, this, uh, this whole thing, this thing in the air right now. Is well, I, I love, because I do think that's true, you had a shift in your life. Yeah, um, for sure. Where the wonder and awe became the motivating Forces. Yes. Yeah. And the other word that I thought of that goes with those two that you've really developed is curiosity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's where it's at. That is where it's at. Yeah. And you can see people even now, because this thing hasn't peaked. We don't know where it's headed, but you can see people's curiosity running wild with, what if I tried this? What if I tried? We're all self-quarantined, well, then let's try this. Let's try that. Might as well. Right. Trace has me on this pull-up program. <laughs> Trace has this pull-up bar in his doorway. He can do lots of pull-ups. So now he has, like, he's training me in pull-ups. Right, right. Well, both of the boys and Violet have joined you doing Instagram Live at night. I'm not sure if they would have done that, if, that interesting? if we weren't in this situation, especially not the boys. We go on Instagram Live. And my kids take answer people's questions. And they're really enjoying it. I cannot believe how much I'm loving it. Well, you're loving it. But Roughly but dinner time. They're loving it. Roughly in the evenings of right. dinner time. Did you ever imagine that would happen? It's a good point. I never even considered it. Never even, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? It is. You know, uh, that's really, that's... Is that, you yeah, want to talk about I anything think, more? I think this feels like a good place to end. It does feel like a good place to end. Speaking of a uh, good place, I was, I should say um, that I was going to do that event in May with Liz Gilbert in Arizona. And we were all excited because when Liz and I do an event, it's just pure joy. But obviously with everything else going on, it, it's been postponed, but they just announced it's going to happen the end of October. So you can get all that info at my site or... Uh, CelebrateYourLife.com is the event site and the fine people who 
are running the event will answer all your questions, get you all sorted. So that's a little bit of uh, news that things are starting to get. But uh, other than that, other than no, no, nothing else. Other than that, nothing else going on. Right. <laughs> no news. We'll, we'll we'll be back here in a few days and. Yeah, we should make some more of these, shouldn't we? We'll do that. Yeah. Everybody, we are with you from our house and the space between us to you. Yes, lots of love. We're sending you all kinds of grace and peace. Lots of love from Bob and Kitty. <laughs> <laughs>